going on, Fourth and Inches Podcast listeners? You got Dan, Kevin, Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, boys? What's going on, world? What's up, everybody? All right, so we are recapping week two, uh, giving you a little waiver wire pickups, you know, stuff like that. But first, don't forget to check us out on our website at www.fourthandinchesff.com. That's www.thenumber4thinchesff.com. For a bunch of content, you got articles, blogs, player profiles, and you can subscribe to our VIP content. This will give you access to DFS info and a uh, season, and it'll also so give you access to the cheat codes, which will be updated monthly throughout the year. So check those out, and also look for us on the Life app. We'll be doing start-sit questions throughout the year. So, uh, you know, make sure you check us out on the Fantasy Life. And if you're listening to the podcast, hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. So, uh, first, we're going to start off with the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right. So, starting it off, NFL... Uh, Network's Ian Rappaport reports Drew Brees is believed to be dealing with a ligament issue in his throwing thumb. Uh, this apparently is going to keep him out, you know, possibly six weeks is the time frame. So uh, if you have Drew Brees, be looking elsewhere. Uh, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, uh, ben, ben Roethlisberger uh, obviously is going to have season-ending elbow surgery. So uh, if you were starting Big Ben, make sure you, uh, you know, take him out of your lineup as well. Uh, James Conner went on uh, it was undergoing tests. He went undergo he underwent tests today on his knee, but uh, I believe he was on a radio station, said everything was okay. So uh, you know, he's looking to be back out there next week. Uh LaShawn McCoy suffered an ankle injury late in Sunday's week two victory. Uh Damian Williams in that game also had a knee injury, so uh pay attention to the Chiefs starting running back situation because right now uh, they both, you know, both are injured. They don't need a running back situation. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Giants coach Pat Shermer declined to name Eli Manning the Giants week three starter. Could it be Daniel Jones time? Yep. Sports Illustrated's Robert Klemko reports Antonio Brown is facing sexual misconduct allegations from a second accuser stemming from an incident in 2017. Dolphins coach Brian Flores named Ryan Fitzpatrick Miami starter for week three against Dallas. NFL.com's Ian Rappaport reports Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup will miss two to four weeks with a meniscus issue. Uh, Coach Frank Wright confirmed to reporters Monday that Adam Vinatieri will continue to work as the team's place kicker for a week three matchup against the Falcons. Adam Vinatieri has just been terrible for the first couple games this season. Yeah, he's been bad. Uh, Coach John Gruden told reporters Monday that jo- running back Josh Jacobs has been dealing with a groin issue. Uh, Coach Cliff Kingsbury told co- uh, reporters Monday that running back David Johnson is fine to play for week three against the Panthers. Uh, running back for the Bills, Devin Singletary, uh, is considered day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Uh, John Gruden also told reporters on Monday that wide receiver Tyrell Williams is dealing with a hip pointer. 
Colts linebacker Darius Leonard is in the concussion protocol. He went, he got done the game, started experiencing symptoms after the game, and they threw him in the protocol. Marcus Mariota, uh, with a quad injury, was listed as a did not practice for Titans practice on Monday. Remember, this is the Thursday night game this week. So, uh, very, very short turnaround for Mariota. Uh, NFL.com's Ian Rappaport reports that Alshon Jeffrey's status is in doubt for Eagles Week 3 matchup against the Lions. Uh, Coach Jason Garrett told reporters Monday that wide receiver Devin Smith obviously will play more with Michael, of course, with Michael Gallup being, uh, you know, injured. Adam Schefter reports Jalen Ramsey has requested a trade following the Jaguars' Week 2 loss to the Texans that involved a sideline altercation with Coach Doug Marone. They are asking for a first-round pick and more in exchange for uh, Jalen Ramsey. Pay it. For sure. Uh, The Eagles need to pay it. (laughs) Yeah. 104.5 is the zone. Paul... Kaharski reports Marcus Mariota's quad injury is not serious. So I guess him not, you know, practicing is not that big of a deal. Uh, Coach Kyle Shanahan said D Ford is still hurting as he plays through knee tendonitis. Um, and Jason Lockin from CBS reports the Dolphins trade of, of defensive back Mitch Minka Fitzpatrick is likely to be wrapped up at some point on Tuesday. So there you have it. That is the news for the day. Anything you guys want to get into specifically that we we're not going to uh, touch on in the games? Um, nah, not really. It was, yeah, not just, really. I, yeah, I mean, think, yeah, I think, I think most of it everybody pretty much heard over the list. I mean, everything was was out and about. There's no nothing new and shocking. You know, most of the guys are wait and see, and we know about the Big Ben and the and the Drew Brees situation. So uh, that Vinatieri thing was. He he came out yesterday. If anyone didn't hear, basically said I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to everybody on Monday. And a lot of speculation about his retirement was being made because he has been really terrible. I think they said he missed four extra points and three or two or three field goals this year. He's been it's, he's been he literally has. I, I've watched both Colts games and yeah. it's, it's it's painful. Yeah, <laughs> but um yeah. So I mean, the coaching staff never said anything about him you know, being forced out of them looking for another kicker. He's the one that, that made the comments and said that he, he will be speaking to the, to the press on Monday. And then they said, well, is it Monday your day off? And then he said something, you know, I just quote here and he said, uh, yes, it is, but you will hear from me tomorrow. So I guess, I guess it was just in the heat of the moment after, you know, he had a rough, I mean, they still got the win, but he had a rough, another rough games, you know, and not very Adam Vinatieri like he's probably, you know, he's a, he's a first ballot hall of famer. Yeah, they should have won the first game. I mean, I I love Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, I think he's been great for the league, but they shouldn't have lost that game. He he lost that game for them against the Chargers. I mean, they shouldn't have. Yes. They shouldn't even gone to overtime. He he missed two. Re, he missed. I think it was two extra points and two field goals in that game. Yep. I mean, there's no reason. There's no reason they should have lost that game. So the the, the Colts should be two and zero. As much as everybody said, you know, was so worried about you know when Luck retired that it was going to be a big issue. Brissett has looked good. I don't care what anybody says. I, I mean, I've watched those I games. Said and, that. I think Jacoby yeah. Brissett is a very good. Like he's he's not he's not your you know Mahomes Watson type that's going to sling it all over the field. But he's very serviceable. He's a game manager. He you know doesn't really turn the ball over like that. You know, I think Jacoby Brissett is fine, especially you know they seem like more of a team that seems like they want to. You know, at this point, just want to run the ball a lot and play good defense. Yes, sir. 
All right, so let's get into the week the week two matchups and our breakdowns. So basically, how we're going to do this is we're going to break the games down. Uh, you know, we each have we one of us is going to break the game down. Obviously, the other is going to you know we can chime in at any point, and then uh, at the end of that game, we'll give our waiver wires from that game. All right, sounds good. That way, we knock it all out at the same time for you guys. Uh, started off 49ers and Bengals. 49ers Bengals. So the 49ers Bengals game. Whew, the Bengals look rough. So the Bengals offensive line is just bad. There's no other way to put it. So, you know, I would tell you that, you know, I know everybody's worried about Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon made some cuts in the backfield in this game that made me think this he's gonna be fine. You know what I mean? He it it's it's starting off rough, but you gotta remember he he's got an ankle injury. You know, it's been bothering him. So that's that's a big part of it. But I didn't see, you know, last year, this offensive line didn't get worse than last year. It's basically just as bad. And, you know, he, he'll 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 have some games. You'll see. Coming real soon, he's going to have some big games. So don't give up on Mixon. Don't be trying to trade him for pennies on the dollar because that's what you're going to get right now. You're going to get pennies on the dollar. You know, keep him. But, you know, for the rest of this game, Debo Samuels is a guy that I toted, the Kev toted. You know, we talked about. Um, you know, Dan even said that he liked Debo coming out of college. Debo looked great in this game. Debo made some catches. You know, he was catching some screens. And, you know, really just watching the game, Kyle Shanahan had a had a really good – he had a really good um, game plan, you know. He went into this game knowing that the, you know, the Bengals were – a team that were not going to be able to defend the screen very well, and they didn't. They The screen was killing them all game long. They were throwing it to the left and right side of the field, and, you know, guys were just getting open. You know, uh, basically, the, the 49ers defense, I told you guys I really like this defense, and I'll tell you what, they shut the Bengals down completely. It wasn't until really, you know, that one drive in the first quarter where they scored the touchdown with Tyler Eifert, you know, in the back of the end zone, basically – you know, they thought Mixon was going to run it. It was nobody was on Eifert. He was just wide open. Uh, and other than that, you know, they didn't really score another touchdown until later on in the fourth quarter with, you know, John Ross, who caught a 66-yard slant pass, just ran it into the end zone. At that point, the game was well in hand. You know, it was 40, 40 to, you know, 10 at that point. So, you know, I mean, they were just getting crushed. So, you know, on the Bengals side of the ball, definitely better days to come. They were just manhandled by you know a better team you know when they started getting down they basically tried to run a little bit and it wasn't working so they you know tried to pass and that wasn't working and it was just just a bad game on the 49er side of the ball Debo Samuels definitely go pick him up he's if he's you know available on your waiver wire and uh you know Jimmy Garoppolo looked good in this game there was a broken pass in the beginning of the game to um you know uh Chris Goodwin I mean, uh, Marquise Goodwin, and he was just wide open, you know, so for, a th- I think it was like a 36-yard touchdown. And the rest of it was just screen passes and bubble screens and just things like that that got kept the ball moving. So, you know, Matt Breida, Matt Breida looked good in this game, but Matt Breida always looks good, you know, when he gets the heavy workload, when he gets the workload. And, you know, the thing that killed him a little bit was the touchdowns went to every other running back on the team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, most start scored a touchdown. Uh, Jeff, uh, whatever the hell his last Jeff name is, Wilson. yeah, yep, scored a touchdown, two touchdowns. So it was just, it was just 
unfortunate for Brita, but he could have had a huge game if this wasn't such a blowout. All right. So, uh, anything you want to add to that, Dan? I think I'm pretty good with. Yeah, no, I just didn't mean it was good to see Garoppolo, you know, have a big game. We knew he was capable of it and he just, uh, you know, he needed a, a, it's kind of like a tune-up game. He needed a really bad defense to beat up on and he took advantage of it. So, you know, I think uh, moving forward, Garoppolo is going to be, you know, Niners look good offensively and defensively so far. So I think, um, you know, definitely keep an eye on Garoppolo. All right, so the next game we're going to get into is the Chargers-Lions game. Uh, I'll start it off with the Chargers side of the ball. Um, the running backs, I think, both look pretty good. Uh, you know, this is a game, honestly, where the Chargers just – the Chargers lost this game more than the Lions won this game. Uh, there was literally two missed field goals. They had two touchdowns on the same drive that were both, you know, one I think was like a 30-yard run, another was like a 20-yard pass. Both got called back for holding penalties. Um, and then on that same drive, Eckler fumbled at the goal line, and, you know, the Lions recovered. Um, and that's kind of what kept the Lions in it because at that time, uh, Chargers were up, I think, a score or, or up four points and, you know, they just kept getting into the into the area, into you know scoring territory, but you just never cash in, and you know just kept the Lions in it, and the Lions wound up making a play at the end and wound up winning them the game. Uh, you know, it was pretty 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 good game to watch despite the low score. I actually really enjoyed watching this game. Um, Philip Rivers uh, wasn't the greatest. I don't think he was the he wasn't bad for fantasy. Or he wasn't. I'm sorry, he wasn't good for fantasy, but he wasn't, you know, a bad football quarterback in this game until the last play, last play of the game. Uh, he forced a throw to Keenan Allen, and you know, uh, in the double coverage, and it wound up getting intercepted in the end zone when they were in field goal range. Um, I think maybe he just felt like, you know, he had to force it in because they had missed two field goals, and he didn't want to take his chance with his kicker going out there again. But, you know, he he still at that point you got to rely on the field goal. Um, but other than that, I thought Eckler had a really, I thought Eckler played, you know, pretty well. And, you know, the yards per carry doesn't really show it, but, um, you know, he, he did have a couple calls back that, like I said, the, the Chargers just killed themselves with penalties and stuff like that all game here. Um, Justin Jackson looked really good in this game. He had, you know, seven for 59, 8.4, 8.4 carry. And he had a long touchdown that got called, you know, he had a long touchdown that got called back. You know, Justin Jackson might've been over a hundred yards in this game. Um, if that touchdown doesn't come back, Keenan Allen, uh, watching Keenan Allen, I watched this a lot because this was something I was curious about going into the game. They literally threw Darius Slay on Keenan Allen the whole game. And Keenan Allen ate him alive until the last play. He, he ate him alive. It was fun to watch Keenan Allen out there because you really see if that dude is healthy, how good he really is, man. Keenan Allen is literally one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, Mike Williams made some really, really good catches in this game. Uh, but, you know, only got five targets, three for 83. He had the knee injury coming in, but the, Two of those three catches were actually really good in this game. Uh, Eckler, you know, was heavy in the receiving game, obviously. And, you know, 6'4", 67, and, you know, it pretty much, you know, made his day a whole lot, you know, a whole lot better, especially considering the rushing he only had 60 yards. Did get in the end zone running. From the Lions um, side of the ball, 
Uh, you had Stafford. Uh, to me, Stafford looked really, really good at times and then really bad at times. He had one terrible throw. He you know, tried to throw a deep ball down the field to Marvin Jones, and it was a single high safety, and he literally threw it right to where the single high safety was playing. Uh, it was just a terrible throw. Um, I thought Carrion looked really good early, and then the second half, they kind of shut him down. Um, and then he wound up, you know, leaving the game in, in the fourth quarter with an injury. So, uh, you know, it was kind of, you know, kind of rough for carry on because he really started off. He was looking pretty good out there. Uh, you know, CJ Anderson came in, he was really ineffective. Uh, but Detroit in the passing game, I thought played, you know, was really, really, it was much different than the first game. First game was heavy TJ Hawkinson, heavy, you know, Danny Amendola. This game was way more. Galladay and Marvin Jones. Um, so, you know, they got most of the targets. Galladay caught, had 10 targets, caught eight. Marvin Jones, six targets, caught five. Amendola only had one target. Hawkinson was literally like, you you didn't even know when this dude was on the field. You know, Jesse James was getting more catches than he did. That's Jesse James actually got targeted more than Hawkinson. So I know if you picked up Hawkinson, you were, you know, a little disappointed to see that output. Uh, but all in all, this, like I said, this was, I thought was a very good game to, uh, you know, a very good game to uh, watch despite the low score, just because the, the Chargers were moving the ball so well, they just never were able to cap- cash in. Uh, Trevor Simeon is down, just so everybody yeah, knows. That was, yeah, that looked terrible. Yeah, just got the fantasy life notification. That I was, looked I was terrible. Waiting. Um, from, the, from the waiver wire in this game, I don't think there's too much to add. Uh, you know, you know, you're going to, Take a peek at C.J. Anderson if Carrion is if you don't if he's out there and Carrion or Carrion may you know miss his time. I haven't heard anything today about him. He wasn't in our news, so obviously he's fine. Maybe he just had a little tweak and had to come out at the end of the game. But you know, other than that, you know, if, if you picked up T.J. Hawkinson, you know, don't don't worry about it too much. But I, you know. Just be cautious. Hopefully you have another tight end because, you know, you are going to have to pay attention to how they're using him. Because in this game, it was totally different in week one. All right. Yep. I don't really have anything to add to that game. Yeah, I'm good, too. All right. Next game, Vikings and Packers. All right. So this game got off to an extremely fast start and looked like it was going to be a shootout for sure. But, I mean, really after that first quarter, it's, the defense has picked up and it just was three and out after three and out. It slowed down. It was back and forth. And, um, you know, it, it's besides a, a couple of big plays, you know, C- Cook ripped off a, a huge run and Diggs had a huge uh, a 49-yard touchdown. But other than that, I mean, it was it was definitely a ball possession type game and it, it was it was it got boring here for a while. But, um, you know, what the biggest takeaway from this was that Cook looked awesome, and then Cousins just made mistakes again, and uh, he's off to a rough start. I mean, he's not really—he's got these great receivers, Steelin and Diggs, and he's not really given much of an opportunity to. to I mean, they're not—they they didn't really look that great to begin with either. Thielen definitely looked like he was getting open more than Diggs, but Diggs was—he was absent. You know, besides that one play, he was completely absent. Uh, on the Green Bay side, though, like I said, Aaron Jones, big bounce back game for him. Um, Devontae Adams had a really good game, seven catches, 106. Uh, Allison caught his first touchdown of the year. Not Stats weren't great. He only had, you know, 25 yards. Um, but it was nice to see him get, you know, involved in the touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just Minnesota does, you know, they just – their defense is – they remind me of the Bears right now. Their defense is playing incredible. 
aside from that first quarter, which, like I said, it would look like it was going to get out of control. But their defense is playing incredible right now, and their offense really, aside from a couple long plays to keep them somewhat in the game, um, just not 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 helping. And this Minnesota offense, you know, supposed to be one of the better offenses coming in this year, and uh, you know they're not showing it right now. But um, as far as Green Bay goes, I mean, it's tough tough against the Minnesota off defense, but um, he just he looked. The first quarter he looked good, but then he he just it wasn't what he missing throws, but he just wasn't he didn't just look Aaron you know Aaron Rodgers like, um, you know I think they maybe they you know once they started riding Jones a little bit they you know he was he was being the he was being utilized more and he was definitely being productive more, but um, yeah it was definitely a uh, it was a very hard nose fought uh, battle of of the division where Green Bay came out on top. Um, waiver wire thing. I mean, not really much you can talk about. Every, you know, all your all your main guys are the ones that got uh got action. Um, Scandling didn't really. You know, he had three catches for 19 yards. Jimmy Graham didn't even get a target this game. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, three catches, nine yards. You know, irrelevant. Chad Beebe, one big catch. I don't. I don't think he's worth picking up just for one big catch. It wasn't a touchdown, but um, yeah. I mean, other than that, Matt. You know, Madison had a couple couple nice runs to give cook a spell, but really, you know, it's not much on the waiver wire for this game. Yep. Anything you want to add, Steve? No, I was just happy to see Aaron Jones play up to his capability. And I said last week that he, you know, dominated the snaps in the, you know, beginning of last game. And, you know, he showed off in the beginning of the game last week that he could be productive or this week and he could be productive. And I think they just rolled with him. All right. So and all I'm going to add to that game is I think Kirk Cousins look absolutely horrible. Uh, so next we will get into the barn burner, the Patriots and Dolphins. What a game. <laughs> uh, this is going to be really quick, guys. The Dolphins, you literally can't play anyone on that team. I'm nobody. There's not a player on that team you can even <laughs> consider. Like, they don't even want to play on that team, <laughs> dude. It was so bad. It, like, it was so bad. I don't think I've ever seen. And you guys heard me. You know, me and Dan when we did that podcast, Dan was like, "Yeah, their offensive line must be really bad because you're, you're sighing." You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you, this is the worst offensive line I've ever seen. It really is. Like, not only are they not getting pushed, they're getting pushed backwards on every play. Like, I've never seen where a team, you know, hikes the ball and immediately gets pushed two yards back into the backfield and the running backs, like, have no lanes, period. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just a dumpster fire. Like, that's it's, it's turning into a forest fire. Like, this dude just... Some inter- some of the interceptions he throws are just so bad, it's not even funny. So he threw an interception to Stephon Gilmore. He tried to – I don't know, even know who the hell he was trying to throw to, honestly. He he should have just ran out of bounds and just said, okay, you know, this play ain't going nowhere. But instead, he decides to throw across his body directly <laughs> into Stephon Gilmore's hands, who runs it back for a, whatever, 37-yard touchdown return. Like – it just he this this team is just unbelievably bad, you know. On the Patriots side of the ball, you can't even be mad about anybody else. I mean, 
So we told you to start all the Patriots. We had no idea that the, <laughs> that the Patriots defense was going to score two touchdowns. I don't think anybody could have predicted that. But you not only that, that, you can't predict that. And not only that, like the the Dolphins literally were getting sacked on like every play. Like it was just, I, it, I, you know, we thought that it was going to be bad. And we said it. We said it that. But this game was truly, truly terrible. Like there's no other way to put it. I, I tried to find something to talk about with the Dolphins. There's nothing, nothing at all. On the Patriots side of the ball, they were just winning by so much that, you know, they ran the hell out of the ball with everyone. You know what I mean? Sony Michelle got 20 touches, 80 yards and a touchdown, which was great. You know, you that's kind of what you want, were hoping for, you know, with Sony. But, you know, other than that, like, there's not really too much in this game that I can really break down to tell you, you know, because the Dolphins are not, they're not, <laughs> they're not a real team. They're like a... They're, they 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 might lose to college teams. Like I'm serious. I know they people say that, and you know the worst teams ever. Like this might be the worst team ever. It's that bad. Clemson like, takes them down, dude. Clemson might take them down. I'm serious. Yeah. It's that bad. They are that bad. It's just that one play to uh Kellen Balage. I, I just shook right. my head. It literally like it's like he handed off the ball, dude. To um what was it? Jamie Collins for the touchdown. Or... Yeah, yeah. I think that's who got it. <laughs> It's just so bad, dude. It literally it literally is just really bad. You know, the running game just tore them up. They couldn't stop anything. Tom Brady, you know, he finished with 264 and in, in, in two touchdowns in this game. But he, you know, Antonio Brown, you kind of were happy that he he looked okay. I mean, he had eight targets in the game and, you know, the first drive he had three catches. So, you know, I mean, really other than that, he caught one other pass for a touchdown later on in the in I think it was the second quarter he caught a touchdown. Um you know, Rex Burke had, had, I think it was like two, 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 two targets, two catches. And he had one catch was like a screenplay that he took for whatever, 38 yards. You know, it's just, there's really nothing else in this game. There's nobody that I'm going to tell you to pick up because there's really, you know, nobody in this game that, you know, you're going to pick up, you know, Philip Dorsett, basically three for 39, um, you know, and Tom Brady did his thing, but the defense just like, <sighs> Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 89 yards and three touchdowns. Josh Rosen threw for 97 yards. Neither one of them. Not yeah, touchdowns. It, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Three interceptions. Three yeah, interceptions. No they didn't have no they touchdowns. Nobody had a touchdown on the team. It was a zero. <laughs> Kenyon Drake ran the ball six times for 19 yards. And Mark Walton was the best running back with three carries for 15 yards. And that's it. Like, there's, there's really nothing. You know, Preston Williams, I would say he's a lone bright spot. <laughs> But when you throw the ball, as much, many times as this team had to throw the ball, they threw the ball almost 40 times. You know what I mean? Somebody has to catch them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just pure numbers. Uh, you know, it's just bad. The Dolphins are bad. The, the Patriots did. You didn't see anything from the Patriots that you didn't expect, and the Dolphins are terrible. So that's it for this game. Yeah, the only thing the only thing I would add is if you, you know, don't be worried. But here's, you know what, I'll ask you, Steve, because you watched the game. Two things. How did you think Antonio Brown looked? And do you think there is reason to worry about Josh Gordon with Antonio Brown there? No, I honestly, I think if you're worried about Josh Gordon because of Antonio Brown being there, you just honestly, you didn't watch the game. It was, it, there was no, no need to throw the ball in this game. Like the past, like, like I said, Tom Brady in this game, 
you know, the running backs were, were getting all kinds of, you know, Rex Burkhead, like I said, 47 yards. Uh, James White had, I think, what is it? I'll check it out right now. Three, three for 19. And then Julian Edelman got his normal four catches for 50 yards. You know what I mean? Four or five catches, 50, 60 yards is what he always gets. I mean, Josh Gordon, they just didn't need, you know, they went, there was a couple of times where they went deep to Josh and Brady overthrew him by like a step or two. But if he catches those balls, they're like 60 yard touchdowns. You know what I mean, and it completely changes the way that Josh Gordon's totals look in this game. So, you know, I'm not worried about Josh. You know, I, I if anything, you know, it, it makes me encouraged that Tom Brady is going to be really freaking good this year. Tom Brady is going to be really, really good this year. You know, if he connects if he connects on that next sixty yard pass to Josh Gordon, his numbers he's he's three twenty and three touchdowns. So you know what I mean? He's just gonna be he had no reason to throw the ball, you know, basically after the second half. You know what I mean? He was twenty for twenty eight. So you know, I, I wouldn't worry about – I definitely wouldn't worry about Josh. And and Antonio looked very good. Antonio was getting out of breaks. Antonio's just – like we said, he's great. He's one of the best receivers ever to play the game, and he looked that way this weekend. All right. So next uh, we will get into the Colts and Titans. This is another game I enjoyed watching. Uh, you know, two teams I think that are very smash-mouth at this point. Uh and they played that way. Uh, so from the Colts, pers- Colts side of the ball, you know, Jacoby Brissett, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Like he's, you know, he's a good game manager, you know, only at 156 yards passing, but, you know, got three touchdowns on the day. Um, I don't think you're going to see three touchdowns from Jacoby Brissett all that much, but, but, you know, it, it, he did a good job of managing the game, not, you know, throwing any inter- too many interceptions he did have one but you know he was it wasn't the the worst interception in the world um so yeah you know it just you know you're not starting Brissett, but i think having Brissett back there makes you a little bit more comfortable with guys like ty hilton and you know eric ebron um you know just guys that that you were drafted to be starters on that team i think you could feel a little bit more comfortable knowing Brissett is you know not a terrible quarterback um, they really fed Marlon Mack in this game. Marlon Mack had 20 carries, only got 51 yards. But Evans on the Tennessee defense is an animal. Like, he was literally busting through the line on every handoff that they gave Marlon Mack. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of running room for Marlon Mack. He did wind up catching a couple balls out of the backfield. But, you know, I, I this, this Tennessee, Tennessee defense, I think, is just for real. So I don't, you know, not better days are ahead for Marlon Mack if, if you know, he let you down this week. Um, T.Y. Hilton gets the touchdown to salvage his day. Um, four for 43. You know, like I said, wasn't this Tennessee defense is, is very legit. So, you know, matchups like this, it's going to be tough to score, especially for a Colts team that's trying to play a little more ground and pound and just let Jacoby manage the game. These guys aren't going to get off like that. Um, Eric Ebron does get in the end zone uh, on the little shovel pass. Uh, you know, it was nice to see him get in the end zone. Didn't really have the, a major day, three for 25. Um, you know, Paris Campbell winds up catching a touchdown. I was, you know, his only target on the day, but – you know, that was another thing that was good to see. Um, I would like to see more of him, you know, more usage with him before I picked him up. Um, Cause like I said, it was his only target, but you know, like I said, it, it was good to see. And I, I would like to see him used a little bit more um, on the Titan side of the ball. You know, Mariota was very similar. 
he's just just a game manager you know he just you know 19 for 28 and 154 and a touchdown and you know the touchdown was to a, an offensive lineman uh you know he wasn't really taking deep shots down the field like that i don't you know this game was a lot of Derrick Henry. You know, Derrick Henry got 15 carries. And, you know, the more I watch Derrick Henry, uh, I think I've watched a couple of their games so far this season. I got both their games to break down. And I- I'm starting to agree with you more, Steve. I, I really am. I, I like Derrick Henry uh, the more I watch him. You know, and he's starting to be a little bit more used out of the backfield. They did throw a, sc- a, s- a swing pass to him today. Uh, or I'm sorry, yesterday, and it went right through his hands. Uh, but he did get two other catches in the game, uh, you know. But Derrick Henry, you know, really, really is a solid running back um, right now, and to definitely heavily used in this offense. Uh, Delaney Walker, you know, was their their high their um, highest targeted receiver and had their highest amount of yards. But this was just. This was more of a slugfest. You know, these two teams are playing good defense right now. And, you know, they weren't really, uh, you know, this wasn't a shootout type game. This was way more of a, you know, defensive battle where, you know, running and defense is what went, what was going to win this game. Um, In the end, the Colts pull it out with the touchdown to T.Y. Hilton. Um, But like I said, this, this was, this was like, if you like old school football, this was kind of an old school football game. It was just a lot of defenses, you know, defensive, you know, ground and pound, run the ball and, you know, try to use as much clock as you can and play good defense on the other side. I will say, I think the Colts defense, if they're not owning your league is a pretty good defense to own because they came to play, um, you know, Tennessee's defense also, if he, they're not owned, they're another very good defense that I would I would go pick up. Um, but outside of that, there's really not too much to add into this game from a waiver wire perspective because, you know, from there was really no receivers. I will say if you own Marlon Mack, I think Jordan Wilkins is probably a good handcuff because uh, I thought he looked really good, got the one long run. Um, you know, when Wilkins came into the game, it seemed like, you know, the Titans kind of shied away and wasn't really weren't really expecting Indy to run the ball so you know opened up that lane for him to have that you know 55 yard run but you know when Mac was out there they were just geared on Marlon Mack so um you know outside of that there's nothing more really more I can add yeah no no just just that the AFC South looks like it's it's pretty much up for grabs I mean there's very evenly matched teams a couple games went down to the wire so um definitely gotta wait and see who uh you know who? Who? I think it's definitely still Houston in the AFC South, but right now, I mean, there's you know, Col- don't count the Colts out and Tennessee out. I mean, even Jacksonville, they had that shot to win it in the end there. But yeah, it's just my takeaway from uh, from that game. All right. So, uh, Dan, why don't you get into the Cardinals and Ravens? Cardinals and Ravens. Uh, Great Ravens game. came in with a with a thirteen point favorite and. They pretty much had control of the whole game. Um, Cardinals, you know, made a push there at the end and made the score a little bit closer than what it was. Um, but, you know, basically this game was the definition of the, the air raid offense. It was, it was on display. Kyler Murray went for basically 350 yards. He did not have a touchdown or an interception. Um, once again, Kyler did not show off his legs. I think, you know, it's still going to come. Um, but you know, he definitely, he, he, he was airing, well, not airing the ball. He was dumping the ball off to, uh, you know, he had, 
Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald both went over 100 yards. They both broke a couple long ones. Um, Keyshawn Johnson had one nice one, 31 yards. Um, even Michael Crabtree had a couple catches. He's still trying to work himself into the offense. Uh, David Johnson is it, – it's probably just a product of a bad offensive line, but David Johnson is having a really hard, you know, time getting off this, uh, you know, even he's not catching balls and we know David Johnson normally catches balls. He's great out of the backfield, but he only, he had one reception for zero yards. Um, so, I mean, they need to get him more involved in this offense if they want to start stringing together some wins here. Cause the team, the team, they, they got good coaching. They got the, they got the, the stud quarterback and they, they have an all pro running back. It's just, they, it's, it's a fit. I think it's a fit right now. You know, I think they'll find their way. I think they'll have a, you know, maybe a, seven and nines type season well they have a tie right now so count that in there but i think they're going to be slightly below mediocre um can, you know they still need to build some chemistry you know first year coach first year run uh quarterback um baltimore's baltimore's playing better than people expected you know I, they they were down they knew baltimore was gonna have a good defense and a good running game um everyone wrote Lamar Jackson off everyone in the world except for Steve. <laughs> he wrote he wrote an article about him and and said this guy could be the cheat code. And um, you know, week one, Lamar showed it with five passing touchdowns, didn't need to do anything with the legs because they just, you know, he he dominated through the air and they still, you know, Ingram dominated on the ground. Um, and this game was a little bit different. You know, he still had he still had his air, you know, he had two seventy two and two touchdowns. Um, but he broke off some runs. I mean, they just they, they, they had some design plays where you know Mark Ingram because of his his week last week and because Arizona's defense is not good up front, um, they were they were put they were stacking the box and there was a couple times where they uh you know Mark Ingram they they just play they just um, bootlegged Jackson out real slow and as soon as he took off he hit that corner a handful of times and he was he was busting off 15 yard rushes left and right he ended up with 16 and 120 which is you know, that's a Lamar Jackson. Day. That's what we that's what we know we can see from him. The the accuracy that he is that he is showing is next level because, you know, it's when he was at Louisville, we didn't you know, we saw the legs. We didn't really see a ton of accuracy. We didn't see a ton of uh, passing touchdowns. I mean, the year he won um, Heisman, he, he he did have a lot, but he's just always been known as this, you know, the Randall Cunningham, the Michael Vick. And if he's any if he keeps up any of this, this uh passing that he's been doing you know actually pocket quarterback this team's going to be tough because they you know mingram didn't have a huge day 13 carries 47 yards not i mean nothing like last week but uh he didn't need to i mean they got it done in all all other aspects you know andrews had a had an incredible day um had a beautiful touchdown down the sideline early in the game um he had eight for 112 and a touchdown um i was worried about brown i have brown on my bench well because he only had limited snaps last in week one, uh, but he was on the field much more this game, and he had eight receptions for 86. So it looks like until they, it looks like they're comfortable with with Brown being in there, and it looks like you know even though he is a rookie, um, they're gonna they're gonna utilize him. He's just got he he gets out of cuts so fast. He's just lightning lightning quick. Um, so that's basically it. I mean, like I said, the game, the score looks close. The game wasn't really as close as as the score indicated. I think, uh, you know, Baltimore's defense had it in hand after they pretty much got up by uh, like sixteen. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Larry Fitzgerald is still alive, y'all. Larry Fitzgerald. Sure. Consistent. Consistent. Yeah. Larry and Fitzgerald. Well, you know, that was one of our better calls. I definitely, you know, we were definitely saying, you know, Larry's going too late in drafts, and we were right. Larry looks like a go-to receiver in the NFL, and I'm happy to see it because I love Larry Fitzgerald. And I was glad to see Christian Kirk get off because, uh, you know, I was a big Christian Kirk believer before the season, and Christian Kirk, you know, had a day today, um, six for 114. Um, Dan, waiver wire. Uh, yeah, just just – the only thing I'm going to touch on with the waiver wire is, I mean, it, it it's probably he's probably not available because we've you know we've been talking about it yet. But if if Mark Andrews is sitting there for some reason in your waiver and people just you know people aren't picking him up because they have a tight end and they, you know or they just don't really care, just you got it. He 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 is he is for sure Lamar's number one guy. I mean, normally you you know besides last year with the Eagles with Carson Wentz or, or with anybody you know. Nick Foles and Carson Wentz with Ertz and, you know, obviously Mahomes and Kelsey, but these, these two have a chemistry and it, I, I said that I think that this guy's got top 10 ability and watching, you know, the game yesterday. He's just, he's just an awesome tight end. Yep. Yep. All right. So next game we are going to get into bills and giants. Bills giants. So Eli Manning needs to get benched. I'm sorry. He, he just, Watching this game, it is clear and evident. And don't get me wrong, Buffalo's defense is a very, very good defense. But he was just missing guys. You know what I mean? Buffalo, I felt a little bit like they took the Giants for granted. Like they kind of, especially in the beginning of that game, that first drive, I think they played very lackadaisical. Like, all we have to do is stop Saquon. And the Giants went right down the field. (laughs) Yeah, yep. Yeah, they Giants went right down the field, like with no problem. Scored on that, t- scored that you know first touchdown. You know the Saquon run, of course um, Saquon. Yep. <laughs> but you know, after that, the Bills tightened up, and you know, Eli has had his time in the NFL, and they need to move on. They should have moved on after last season, and they chose not to. So you know, this is this is what they get. You know, it is. It's tough to watch. It really is. If you're a Giants fan, I feel I feel sorry for you guys as Giants fans because, you know, they just need to give it up. I don't know why they won't, but they need to give it up. So, you know, for I'll, I'll start with the Bill side of the ball. Josh Allen looked very good in this game. Josh Allen was making some passes that even I was impressed with. Um, you know, he only threw the ball 30 times, but I think that's kind of what they – want to do with him. I don't think they want him throwing the ball, you know, 35, 40 times a game, 30 times, you know, was good in this game. The one thing that bothered me a little bit was how much Frank Gore was being used. You know, Frank Gore got 19 touches in this game. He ended up scoring a touchdown. It was his actually first rushing touchdown in like two years or something ridiculous. But, you know, he, Frank Gore just, he's a plotter, man. 19 catches, 68 yards and a touchdown you know, his long of the day was a nine yarder. Uh, he had like a 12 yarder called back on a holding call, but you know, there was nothing, nothing really in the running game that made you go, Oh my God, this guy was, he needs 19 touches. You know what I mean? And you know, it was bad. Devin Singletary looked awesome. Devin Singletary on the 14 yard touchdown looked just, he hit the outside, ran up the left side. You know, it was great blocking. 
Um, we have a center. I mean, Mitch Morris is a beast. That dude is no joke. I watched him lay like three or four guys out in this game, and it was exciting to watch. I'm a Bills fan, so, you know, I, I got very happy watching that. But Mitch Morris is an animal. Like, he he makes some holes. Devin Singletary uh, looked very good. He had a 20, I think 20-yard was his long. Let me see. Uh, yeah, he had a 20-yard 20, 20 carry was his long for the day. Uh, you scored on a 14-yard touchdown. He only had six carries for 57 yards. He actually would have had more. He actually got called. Uh, he actually had like a 14 or 15-yard gain uh, called back by a holding call. So he he would have had something like you know 60, 70, you know 65 yards, something like that, 75 yards uh, total after that. But you know in the passing game, John Brown looked awesome. You know John Brown had another 11-target game. You know seven. You know seven for 72. You know, Cole Beasley, you know, Cole Beasley made some plays in this game that were like, oh, my God, I'm so happy we got this dude. He had a 51-yard catch in the second half that was just like, oh, man, I was really excited uh, to see Cole Beasley in this offense is basically what the Cowboys were doing with him in their offense, except better. He is the third down guy that they're going to to get first downs, and he's getting first downs, but he's also breaking runs, you know, getting getting more yardage after the plays. And the rest of the passing game, you know, uh, there's not really anybody else that I would tote. You know, Zay Jones was somebody that I was saying that I, I might be good this year. You know, I was high on him of all the guys, and he was just terrible. You know, he dropped two passes in this game. He just, you know, I know they – I think they only recorded him for one drop, but he actually had two drops. Um and other than that, you know, on the on the Bills side of the ball, you know, if Josh Allen's on your waiver while you have, you know, Drew Brees, you know, he went down, Ben Roethlisberger, he went down, you know, I wouldn't mind picking up, you know, Josh Allen for the next couple of weeks until Brees gets back. On the Giants side of the ball, Saquon is just a complete animal. Um, Eli Manning is trash. Um yeah, Saquon's the only starter I think on the Giants right now. Well, Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram, oh, Evan Ingram, yeah, I yeah. about it. Evan Ingram was was just really shut down in this game. I think the Buffalo Bills really made it a point to make sure that Evan didn't get off. You know, there was actually a couple of plays where where Tre'Davious White moved down to him. You know, um, he was just being you know bracketed by linebacker and safety, and then you know a couple of plays where you know it was third and long. They put Tre'Davious on him just to make sure that he wasn't getting off the line of scrimmage all that easy. So you know there was there was a couple times in this game that he just you know it wasn't until the fourth quarter that he caught the thirty-three yard pass, and it was like four minutes left, and they were just trying to score anything that they could. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be too worried about Evan. You know he. I told you guys this is a tough matchup. I told this. I told you guys in the beginning of the week before we before we even started that this was going to be a tough matchup. And then everybody else, you know, T.J. Jones caught a touchdown. That was garbage. Um, you know, Saquon had three for thirty for twenty eight in the passing game, but Benny Fowler had five for fifty one. Um, you know, there's not really anybody in this passing game that I would tell you to go get. Other, you know, so the two guys that you're really starting in this offense are Evan Ingram and and uh, Saquon Barkley and. You know, that's it, unfortunately. Oh yeah, and all the right. Bills defense, if they're on if they're on your waiver wire, you need to get them. Yeah, that's all that's all I was gonna to add them. is that the Bills defense is definitely somebody that you you know, a, a defense that you should be considering. Yeah, they should be rostered in hundred percent of leagues, period. All right. Yeah, I think that pretty much wraps that one up. Nothing more to add. Uh so next on the list uh is the Steelers and Seahawks. Oh, 
this one right here was a little bit, a little bit hard to watch once Ben went out of the game. I mean, Mason Rudolph did his, did the best job that he could to, uh, you know, keep them in it. But, you know, Russell Wilson is just an animal. (laughs) Russell Wilson was just, he was doing everything he was going to do to make plays to win this game. Uh, broke a couple runs at the end that that solidified first downs and you know got him to run out the clock and threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns in the process you know Russell Wilson that I really like what I saw from Seattle because you haven't really you know this this they pretty much said that we're a ground and pound team last year you know that's literally what they did I think they saw this week that you know, despite a couple of good runs from Rashad Penny and, and, you know, I think they kind of knew that their, their way to beat Pittsburgh was going to be through the air. Um, Cause Pittsburgh's pass defense is not very good and their run defense is a lot better. So I think this was a game where they just kind of opened it up and said, all right, we're going to put this on Russia's shoulders and let Russ kind of, you know, bring this one home for us. And he did that. Um, you know, like I said, it was, it was, you know, it was good to see Russell do that because last year he was mostly just a guy that, you know, they got into the red zone, he threw a touchdown, but they basically had Carson carrying him down the field the whole the whole time. You know, Penny, 10 for 62, had the, had the long 37-yard touchdown run. He had a wide open hole in that run, you know, wide open hole. Um, Chris Carson, f- 15 for 60 yards. Um you know, overall, I didn't think Carson really got off. You know, one of his runs were 21 yards. So that literally leaves him at like, you know, 14 for 39 for the rest of the game. So, you know, that one long run made his his day look a lot better. But like I said, Pittsburgh's D is just much better against the run than the than the pass. Um, Tyler Lockett was a target machine in this game. Had 10 catches for 79 yards. He was literally they were using him all over the field, you know, middle of the field, outside, deep throats. They were throwing him constantly. And DK hey, real quick, had... real quick, Kev, would you say that Tyler Lockett is the number 1 for the Seahawks? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. All righty. Thank you. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I don't think any I don't think we and anybody questioned that coming into the year at all. Oh, no. We yeah. we had somebody on the listener league trying to trying to uh say that he was definitely not going to be the number one on this team but so i just who wanted... else can you put who can you put ahead of him though <laughs> I, just, I, no, I, he was, I don't know dog yeah he he i don't know i don't even understand that but uh it was good to see dk dk metcalf has had a couple really good games in a row just being kind of a deep threat down the field this one he winds up getting into the end zone you know so um you know he's put up 60 yards and a touchdown last week i think he had three for 80 um, so or four for 80 or something like that. So, you know, they're really using DK Metcalf as their second receiver and a nice deep threat down the field. He he's a guy that I think you can throw into your flex uh, spot at any time and, and pretty much feel pretty comfortable, especially once bye weeks start to come around from the Steelers side of the ball. Uh, you know, Ben went down and I'm going to say this, you know, they did not lose this game because Ben went down. Because Ben was not very good himself in the beginning. He was very inaccurate. His elbow was clearly bothering him. And, you know, it, it just, it, it was glad, that, it was good that he kind of, you know, is getting this issue taken care of because he just didn't look good out there. And, you know, I don't know if this affected him at all last week. I mean, you know, last week they just got bum rushed by the Patriots and he, you know, still couldn't com- complete anything. Um, but, you know, 
in this game, you know, Mason Rudolph came in, you know, did did a did a solid job trying trying to lead him back as as best as he could, but he just couldn't he just couldn't top Russ. Um, one thing I will say is if I own Juju Smith Schuster, I'm not really too worried. Um, he was targeting Juju a ton. You know, Juju only had eight targets in the game, but I feel like a lot of them came from Rudolph uh, in the second half because you know there was times where he was just forcing the ball, even on the one on the two point conversion that he threw, like he had guys wide open and was looking at Juju the whole time on that play. They, they could have converted that two point conversion to tie the game up, but uh, you know, he was just eyeing Juju and, and, you know, wasn't going to not throw it to anybody else. James Connor gets the touchdown to salvage his day, but James Connor just, huh, you know, we tried to tell you guys that this guy was like a touchdown or bust guy, and it's literally what he is. I mean, he is three yards and a cloud of dust. He don't break anything. He breaks no runs that are that are really that long. Um, you know, Vance McDonald in this game winds up catching both of the touchdowns, has a really good day, seven for 38 with the two touchdowns. Um, but, you know, most of his passes were really just, you know, dink and dunk checkdowns. You know, the one he wound up, you know, being able to, you know, stretch it up the field and, and get into the end zone on the, on the one. But, you know, most of his most of his catches were just check down five yard catches anyway. Uh, none of the receivers really got off. You know, to me, um, you know, waiver wire wise, obviously, if Jalen Samuels is out there, I think you got to add him because, you know, Connor apparently looks like he might be able to play next week, but you just never know when Connor's going to go out, especially if you own James Connor. I think you need to, to own Jalen uh, Samuels. Um, I'm not rostering Mason Rudolph. And, you know, from the Pittsburgh side of the ball, if it ain't Juju, I, I really, Juju or Vance McDonald, I don't want to start them because, you know, the rest of those guys are going to be pretty useless while he, while Mason Rudolph is the quarterback. Uh, from the Seahawks side of the ball, uh, you know, CJ Prosley's got a little bit of work in the passing game, but not too much. Uh, Will Disley, you know, Will Disley had two touchdowns in his game. If I definitely think he is a solid backup tight end for you and somebody you probably can throw in there once in a while if your tight end has a bad matchup. So um, I definitely would pick up Will Disley and throw him on your, on your team if he's on the waiver wire. Yeah, real quick. Vance McDonald did not become relevant until Mason Rudolph came in the game. I just want to say that. He he literally didn't. Yeah. So it was all checkdowns. That's what I was saying. He's all checkdowns, all five yard passes to, to Vance. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, it, like the reason we didn't like Vance was because Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback. Now that Mason Rudolph is the quarterback, I like Vance a lot, whole lot more. Oh, yeah. Because it's just checkdown city. And, you know, if he's going to get, you know, He's going to have that ability to get into the end zone every time. So next game we'll get into is the Chiefs and Raiders. Chiefs and Raiders, basically, Oakland was, they were roaring for that first quarter. That's for sure. Uh, They get off to a 10-0 start. Um, Derek Carr has a really nice touchdown pass to Terrell Williams. Um and then the second quarter happened and Mahomes happened. And that's pretty much what the game was. That game was all in the second quarter and it was all chiefs. I mean, Mahomes threw for like 300 yards in that second quarter. Um, he went for 443 on the day, four touchdowns all in that second quarter. Um, the run game was pretty stale for 
I mean, I know both of these guys were were, were beat up. They both left the game, McCoy and uh, and Williams. Um, McCoy had 11 for 23. Williams had nine for eight. Williams had actually had a good good receiving game. He had three for 48. Uh, you know, getting checkdowns. So he had a good receiving game. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, you know, he was. They just they knew they weren't getting anything going with the run, so they just they started to do the air attack, and it it worked. I mean, Demarcus Robinson. He he burned him, and you know I looked up his stats because I was like, who is this guy? And this guy's it's his third year with the Chiefs, 2017, 2018. He had a smidge over 20 receptions each year and a little over 200 yards. So, not very relevant, but you know, without Hill in there, he got his he got his he got his snaps count up, and he took full advantage of it. And he went for six, 172, and two touchdowns. I mean, he was he was the highlight of the game besides Mahomes. Um, Kelsey was Kelsey, seven grabs, 107 and a touchdown. Um, McCall Hardman had a decent game, four catches, 61 and a touchdown. I mean, you, you're pretty much, if you got any of these, you know, where Hardman, we always say is hit or miss, you know, he's, a, he's an option at flex once in a blue moon, but you know, Watkins, uh, Watkins went for six and 49, but I mean, he had that monster game last week and each week with this offense, someone, you know, someone else can go. And um, Sammy had 13 targets in the game, so it was yeah, you know, yeah. They were still it, looking, it like were still looking for him. Um, as far as the second half went, there was no points scored, and Derek Carr. I mean, I I, I played him over Kyler Murray. He didn't really. I mean, I think he got like five less points than Murray, so it wouldn't have really mattered anyway. I played a, that I played that Patriots defense in our league. It's they they put 52 on me. That was just that was brutal. Um, but Derek Carr, every ch- every time they drove that ball down and. And he, you know, had it had a shot to get this game within reach. You know, he threw the the interception on, on the one play when they were on the two. Terrell Williams. I mean, I think they, you know, miscommunication there where Terrell was trying to, I guess, maybe do back shoulder, and he threw it, corner, that was picked off. Um, so Derek Carr did not look good. I mean, he looked good on that touchdown drive, and other than that, he did not look good. He 198 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Josh Jacobs looked awesome again. Um, one yard shy of a hundred 12 on 12 carries. He ripped off a 51 yarder. Um, so he looked, I mean, he, he, he was the, he was the offense for Oakland and surprisingly, you know, I mean, we thought this was going to be more air attack for Oakland because Kansas city's defense normally tends to get in the shootouts with teams and teams have to throw against them because Kansas city did what Kansas city does in the second quarter. And they just, they scored points in bunches. Um, but you know their defense was very, very, very good. They they shut down Derek Carr. They made made him make mistakes. Um, you know Jacobs got his yards, but never hurt him. Never got the end zone. Uh, so basically, you know, Darren Waller was six for sixty three. Terrell Williams had the touchdown, but five for forty six, and that's that's about it on the uh, on the Oakland side. Um, as far as waiver wires go. Uh, guess we got to hear about what's going to happen with Damian Williams and McCoy. You know, I mean, maybe Darwin Thompson's an option if, 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 if one or both of those guys can't go, um, you know, I don't know if anyone dropped Darwin Thompson after he saw no action last week. I, I more than likely you drafted him so high, you know, not high, high, but if you drafted him, you might've kept him after only one week, but if he's available, he might be an option. Uh, that's good. Like I said, that's going to come down to the news and, and how these two progress over the next week. Um, and, Demarcus Robinson, I think as long as Tyreek Tyre Hill is out, every you know, if he if Robinson's gonna get snaps, he's gonna he's gonna get production. Is I mean, Mahomes' arm is is 
unreal. And he can just, he can make throws that I'm going to say it that nobody else can. Now I'm going to throw, put Aaron Rodgers in that conversation too. Yeah. He just, he has, he just has an ability to just put balls in tight windows with touch and velocity. So, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about Demarcus Robinson's big day. I mean, I more, you know, a lot of times just one big day. If, I mean, if a guy's a third year guy and one big day doesn't really mean that, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be picked up in waiver wires everywhere, but um, I think it is relevant because of the team we're talking about. Yeah. For me, I would rather have McCall Harmon. You know what I mean? Me McCall, too, I agree. Yeah. McCall Harmon to me is the best waiver wire pickup of the week. If he is available in your leagues, you must go get him. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, I think it just was a matchup thing watching that game. Um, you know, Conley just, I believe it was Conley that was covering him, just couldn't cover him. It, literally, he they threw the same pass on like four different, you know, different formations, but the exact same, you know, mini post. And he was just wide open, like easy pitch and catch. I'm, I, uh, I don't like having takes like this, especially the second, well, really the third year of Patrick Mahomes' career. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. You know, like, he's the best... Okay, let me rephrase that. He's the best deep ball quarterback I've ever seen. He throws the best deep ball of any quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. He is... He throws it, and literally it lands right where you want it to. Like, right in the receiver's hands and numbers. It's it's an easy ball to catch. And, you know, it, it looks like he's just flicking his wrist to get it down there. Like, it's just insane. But, you know, Demarcus Robinson... I you know I I would I would pick him up, but you know McCole Harmon is definitely the guy. If you're spending fab money, you know I would spend a lot more money on on McCole Harmon. You know I spend ten fifteen percent of my total fab to get him on my team, and feel very confident about it. Um, as long as you know Tariq Hill is out, to me McCole Harmon's the guy I want. All right, so we have some breaking news: the Steelers are trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. So the Steelers have traded. Uh, damn, the friggin' notification just disappeared. It ain't going to be up there. But uh, the Steelers have traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. So that's where the Dolphins corner will now wind up. There you go. All right. So the next game we are going to get into is... Did you do Jaguars, Texans, Steve? Uh, no. What's the... What other games did you do? You did. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I did Jaguars Texans. Are you asking okay, me if yeah, I did that game or if we talked yeah. about it? Yeah, I did that game. I watched that one. Yeah, that's that's the one we'll get into next. All right. So Jaguars Texans. Uh, you know the score, twelve thirteen. Uh, it doesn't sound like it was a very interesting game, but it was a very fun game to watch. You know, I mean, the one big takeaway that I will take. You know, we all know how good. Uh, Deshaun Watson is he he struggled in this game but last year you know I I sat him this week you know but I have uh, Jackson also in my in in that league so I play Jackson over him but if you look at his numbers against the Jaguars they just haven't been good he he struggles against the Jaguars so you know if you if you had him you definitely started him you dropped him you know you ha- you drafted him where you drafted him but you know in this game the main takeaway I will take is Garner Minshew looked really good. You know what I mean? He he was under pressure a lot in this game. He was running for his life half the game. 
you know, J.J. Watt looked like he wanted to tear his head off every time he got back there. J.J. was playing mean, bro. J.J. looked like he wanted to hurt this dude. Like, and it was because he was just getting out of the pocket and running for first downs, like, a lot. So I think it was, like, just pissing him off. I think it was pissing J.J. off. But when J.J. got to him, he really wanted to hurt this dude. But, um... You know, Gardner Minshew looked good. He didn't throw any picks in this game. He was 23 for 33. Uh, he had six carries for 56 yards. You know, he is not the quintessential pocket passer. He's not the guy that's going to sit back there and pick you apart. But he makes plays, and I think he's going to be just fine. You know, is he better than Nick Foles pass, passing-wise? No. I think Nick is probably a little bit better. But, you know, Gardner Minshew is going to keep this, this offense on track, and I think, you know, you can be – you know, a little more confident. And I know Leonard Fournette only had 15 for 47, but you know, another, he played against a really, you know, good Texans run defense. So, you know, Chris Conley was seven, was four for 73, somebody that we talked about in the preseason that I liked. Um, you know, I just thought he could get some play and, uh, he had five targets. So, you know, Chris Conley, if he's on your waiver wire, he's definitely somebody that I would pick up as, you know, a four, a number four wide receiver and, you know, use him for the bye weeks that are getting ready to start coming week four. Um, you know, DJ Chark, he looked, he looked good. You know, he was getting open uh, and, you know, DJ is known for his long speed, but he was, he was getting open, you know, 10, 10, 12 yards down the field and making some cuts and just getting open, getting the ball. So DJ Shark, someone I'm very confident in also, you know, seven for 55 and a touchdown also had nine targets. Um, Leonard Fournette in target wise, he had six targets and four for 40. So, you know, he's well on way, on his way to 60 catches this year. And if he gets 60 catches plus his, you know, normal workload, he's going to be, Close to a number one running back and somebody that Dan has been toting a lot. Uh, you know, I agree. I think, that, you know, Leonard Fournette could be very good. Uh, this was just a really tough matchup. So that's it on the Texan side of the ball for guys that I want to talk about. Uh, on the, I mean, on the Jaguar side of the ball. On the Texan side of the ball, Carlos Hyde, man. Carlos Hyde, we, everyone wrote him off. I think everybody said Carlos Hyde is just no good. And that's it. But Carlos Hyde had 20 for 90. Um, you know, 4.5 yards per carry, you know, you can't ask for much more than that. Um, you know, and actually the end of this game actually hurt his carries because he got three straight carries in the fourth quarter and was stopped for one yard on three carries. So really, if you take those three carries away, 17 for, you know, 89. So, you know, he had a good game. Duke Johnson is the biggest loser in this game to me. You know, only had six carries. He had 31 yards, so he didn't look bad on his carries. But I think the biggest takeaway was he only had one target. One target, no catches. You know, that is a big deal. You know, Duke Johnson to me is the, is the you know, clear winner in this backfield and the guy that I want on this Texans team. You know, Duke is just a guy that I would still hold on to. You know, you, say, but, you mean Carlos Hyde, right? Yeah, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, okay. Carlos Hyde is definitely the number one on this team. Um, you know, Duke Johnson is definitely a guy that, you know, I would hold on to. But, you know, if he has another outing or two uh, looking like this, then he's just somebody that's literally Carlos Hyde's, is, you know, handcuff at this point. Um, I wouldn't worry about D-Hop. You know, you can't worry about D-Hop. Will Fuller, I know a lot of people are worried about Will Fuller, but, you know, Will Fuller... Watson missed him on two deep throws that would have made his numbers so much better. He missed him on like a an out uh, you know a nine route on the on the right side of the field in the I think it was the f- uh, middle of the f- fourth quarter. 
that would have probably been a 70-yard touchdown uh, that would have made his day, like, huge. Um, but, you know, Will Fuller, I'm not even attempting to drop Will Fuller. I really like Will Fuller. Um, Kenny Stills, you know, two for 38 in this game. He looked good. Um, he's going to get more acclimated, acclimated into this offense, and he's going to start being better and better. Kiki QT is also, you know, another loser for me. Kiki is not somebody that you can – roster right now you might as well just drop him i mean if you have him on your roster just drop him and look for somebody else um and that's about it for me so you know waiver wire guys you know kenny stills i would definitely pick up if he's on your waiver wire you know he's starting to get more and more involved you know as he learns this playbook and uh that's about it for this game for me i do want to ask you steve do you think it's better to own dd westbrook or dj chark right now in the jaguars offense Considering with Gardner Minshew and his play style compared to Nick Foles. See, DD did get a lot of t- – he got five targets in this game. Uh, DD – I would rather have Chark right now, but I think as Gardner – I wouldn't drop DD yet. You know, I would give it another t- week or two, you know, until at least week four uh, to see, you know, what he does next week because he was throwing at him. It just – you know, he wasn't getting open. DD – you know, there was one play where he threw it way over his head. That probably would have been like a 30-yard catch. Um, yeah. But other than that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, out routes and things like that that, you know, D.D. was just – he was just defended. A.J. Boye, um, you know, did a good job on on D.D. I mean, not A.J. Boye. Um, what is his name on the Texans? Um, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, or, uh, no, no. Um, yeah. I can't remember his name. It's going to bother me. But, you know, he did a good job on DD for most of the game. You know what I mean? Other than that 30-yard pass downfield that just went completely over his head, um, you know, they did a good job on DD. So I would hold off on on dropping DD. Don't don't drop DD yet. All right. So I will get into the Cowboys and Redskins. Um, this is the game that was – I mean, even the score was wound up being closer than what it really was. I feel like, you know, Dallas kind of just owned this game the whole time. Uh, you know, there was times where it became like a one-score game. You know, after the end of the third quarter, it was a one-score game. But you could just tell that Dallas was kind of in control. Um, you know, Dak, you know, looked really good again, 26 for 30, 269, three touchdowns. You know, Zeke winds up being the bell cow once again. You know, last week, you know, Tony Pollard saw – a little bit more work than what Zeke owners would have liked. Um, this week, Zeke comes back and gets 23 carries, 111 yards, get in, gets into the end zone. So it was good to see Zeke back as the, uh, you know, as, as the primary back and no no Tony Pollard as much. Um, from the receiving side, you know, Amari Cooper gets the touchdown to Salvage's day and see – this is this was my feeling with Amari Cooper. Yeah, he had that great week one. Great week one. But these are the type of games where you look at Amari Cooper and you're like, man, like, you know, I know you have, you know, Norman really didn't shadow him too much in this game. You know, Norman's not really a shadower. He hasn't really been since he's gone to uh, to Washington. You know, he kind of just sticks on his side of the field. And, you know, this is, like I said, you know, five targets in the game, four four catches for 44. Like I see, he does get the touchdown, but, you know, you would think going up against Washington, you're going to expect a better a better game. And, you know, once again, you know, uh, this, this is my thing with Amari Cooper. Uh, 
you know, Michael Gallup actually six for 68 had, you know, relatively good game. Didn't get in the end zone. Uh, that kind of spread the ball around a lot in this one. You know, if, you know, five guys that had at least four catches, you know, Witten had four catches, Cooper four, uh, Gallup four, Randall Cobb five, you know, it, it guys catching the ball, spreading it around. Um, you know, waiver wire for the Dallas Cowboys. Devin Smith is now a waiver wire ad with Michael Gallup going out, uh, you know, in three catches for 74 yards and got, you know, had a 51 yard touchdown. He's definitely a guy if I, you know, with the way Dak's been throwing the ball and, you know, with Michael Gallup going down for a couple weeks, I think, uh, you know, Devin Smith is probably a pretty good waiver wire guy to add uh, from the Redskins side of the ball. You know, Case Keenum really did not look too bad. You know, it wasn't terrible, but, you know, he was more, he was a, you know, similar. He was kind of a game manager, went through the ball a ton, but was very, you know, accurate, you know, really a lot of check downs, a lot of short passes, only six yards for completion, does get two, two touchdowns and doesn't have any picks. Uh, AP in this game got the touchdown, but was very ineffective. You know, uh, you know, if you look at AP's, you know, fantasy numbers, you're like, oh, you know, he got me nine points. You know, he was great. Uh, you know, he he was not very good. He, you know, only averaged two and a half yards per carry. Just like I said, he got into the end zone. Um, Terry McLaurin, you know, this was a guy I watched because I, I actually started him in one of my leagues this week. I started him in our league, as a matter of fact. And I was nervous in the first half because Terry McLaurin was shut out and it really wasn't until garbage time where Terry McLaurin started to catch on, um, you know, towards the end of the third quarter, I think one drive, he had two straight catches for 36 yards. And at the end of the game, uh, they scored in, in garbage time and they were literally, they threw three straight balls to him where they just, for some reason, Terry McLaurin had to score that touchdown because, you know, they just threw the ball to him three straight times on the goal line. Um, Chris Thompson had a little bit of work out of the backfield. Trey, uh, Trey Quinn, you know, four for 36, had seven targets. But, you know, overall, you know, to me, Terry McLaurin, if he's still in your waiver wire, is definitely a guy I would add because he's, you know, highly targeted in this offense. And they're going to have to throw to catch up in, in a lot of games at this point. Um, you know, outside of that, Chris Thompson, we talked about last week. Both of these guys we talked about last week on, on the waiver wire. So if they're still on there, I would go get both of those guys. Um, but, yeah, this was this was a game where you could just tell Dallas had control of it the whole time. Yep. Yeah, not too All much right. to add. I do want to say that Chris, Car Chris Thompson, you know, I know he had eight targets in that game for, you know, five for 48. You know, he – is definitely a big part of this offense. So, you know, yep. if he's on your way, and Trey Quinn, another guy that I like, uh, you know, seem to get a lot of targets every week in this offense. Like Kev said, they're going to be down a lot. So they're going to have to throw a lot. Yeah. Real quick. The, the Browns suck. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. They suck. They are terrible. All right. Continue. All hype. All hype. I, I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know. How is this score still 16 3? Yo, the Jets have 13 yards passing total. Like, yeah, are you kidding I, I mean, me right I now? I figured that. Once, once Simeon went out, I mean, it was bad when Simeon was in there. Once Luke Falk went into the game, I knew it was just They, they signed worse. him off the practice squad yesterday. Dude, uh, these, this team is just atrocious. I'm sorry, Jets fans. Sorry, not sorry. All right, Bears-Broncos, Dan. Three more games left. 
Uh, we'll we'll be quick with this one. <laughs> we'll get into a couple. Yeah, there's much but, fantasy in this one. Yeah, well, it's, there's really not a whole lot of uh, relevant. Uh, the the Bears, their offenses, they they suck. <laughs> I'm sorry, Trubisky's painful to watch at times. I mean, this guy played really good during a good stretch last year, and he uh, 120 yards. I mean, he didn't throw any interceptions, but he didn't throw any touchdowns. They're just so stagnant. The only good takeaway I can get, you know, about this about this Bears offense was that they, you know, I've been preaching since last Friday, you know, from the first game of the season that they have to use um, Montgomery more. And they did. They gave him the ball 18 times. He had, you know, nothing crazy. He had 62 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, 62 yards against a, the that Denver, you know, Vic Fangio Denver defense is, is pretty good. So um, nobody else relevant at all on the uh, Bears. A-Rob, 441. Um, Patterson actually had two carries for 50 yards. He broke a long one. Um, they did not. I mean, as much as they used Davis in that first game, they used they gave him the ball three times for one yard. Like, he would, he didn't even exist. Um, and Cohen, I, I, where was he at? Yeah, he had two catches for seven yards and four rushes for 18 yards. I mean, I, I it's just when you have a guy that's that talented, I find it hard to believe that you really aren't making him a part of your – part of your offense almost on the every drive uh all right so as far as the game goes um chicago did pull off the win this was a defensive game like i expected two of the best that was bullshit too that that clock ran out yeah and they gave the game to chicago they gave the game to chicago twice yep they gave the game when on the on the chubb uh bradley chubb uh passing it or a uh, Oh, passer yeah, call because that yeah, roughing the passer, yeah. That was bold. There was that no was roughing the passer too. on that. That was as clean of a hit as you will ever see. You're and, absolutely correct. I and, totally and agree then, on that. And then, the, and then the last play where, I mean, you can, I, I watched it instant replay like three times, and I, he, he did get down, but whether or not someone called a timeout there with one second, I don't know. I mean, they they gave him the timeout. I mean, his knee were his knees were down with one second left. Um. But, you know, who knows where that time mail came in from. So they gave it to him. And then you have the the, the Bears, who can't kick a 30-yard field goal last year, end up booting a bunch of 50-yarders. And poor poor Nick Fangio dies by the dies by the field goal last year and dies by the field goal this year. It's just, uh, yeah. just relevant, you know, as far as Broncos go. Flacco had a decent game, 292, a touchdown and a, and a pick. Um, Freeman on this game was the better running back, um, slightly better than Lindsay. He had, he had 11 for 54, uh, five for 48 catching Lindsay 13 for 36, four for 30 catching. So, um, Freeman went over hundred all purpose yards. Um, neither of those guys got in the end zone. Um, only touchdown for them was, uh, Sanders there late in the game. He had a beautiful catch there, you know, knee, knee came down in the corner of the end zone. And then they, you know, actually this is where they went up before that last drive, which I just talked about. Um, they missed the extra point. They called the, the the penalty on that, which, you know, then they decided to go for the two. Uh, they little out route to, to Sanders again and got the two, put them up by two. And then what I just explained went down. Um, Sutton, who had the big week last week, only had four for 40. Um Noah Fant through two weeks doesn't look like he's very relative. There's a lot of better tight ends out there having better weeks, so I don't really think you have to look much at Noah Fant until he shows that he's, you know, relative. So um, waiver wire, I got nobody on waiver wire for this game. You're definitely not. Anybody <laughs> I was going to say, no, I don't there's think nobody. Really, there yeah. ain't nobody in that game. Yeah. I'll just add that I love 
Emmanuel Sanders. I yes. just love that guy as a player. Eleven catches, thirteen target. I mean, it's he he's 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 all over the place. He 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 is an he is an awesome receiver. He runs he runs seam routes with the best of them. He runs out routes. He runs he runs every route. He's just a great route runner. Very yeah. good player. All right, Saints Rams. All right, this is going to be quick because Drew Brees got hurt in this game, as we all know. And the, what I will say, I mean, I'm not going to break this damn down crazy. This was one of the primetime games. I mean, this is this was everywhere. Most people watch this game. But what I will say about this game is Teddy Bridgewater just got thrown in the game. He probably gets zero reps with the with the ones. So you can't take this game and think that Teddy was terrible because, you know, he was 17 for 30, but he probably has not run with the ones basically at all. You know, in the preseason, I kept hearing them say, oh, yeah, Teddy had a lot of touches in the preseason, but that doesn't count. You know what I mean, like he's not he's not getting practice time with the ones. So I don't care how much preseason he has. I mean, the guys that he's playing with are not the guys he played with in the preseason. So blah. You know what I mean? All the guys who were saying that on the—I don't even know who the hell the team was. I actually shut off the volume after like ten minutes into the game because as soon as Breeze got hurt, they just were going on about Teddy playing the whole preseason and how he, and it just annoyed me, so I turned it off. But um, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, thirteen for forty-five. Basically, as soon as Breeze went down, they just decided, you know, no Breeze, we're going to completely shut down Alvin Kamara, and that's what they did. They made it a point to make sure he didn't do anything you know Michael Thomas you're still starting you know he got he had one target one catch with Drew Brees and the rest of his nine catches for 89 yards were with you know uh were with Teddy um Jared Cook had seven targets in this game you know he was just he was getting open and just dropping passes or just being overthrown I mean that's basically what happened in this game uh he had one catch he had one uh you know catch Drew Brees hit him basically right in the numbers. He got smashed by, by uh, you know, two different defenders. The ball popped up. You know, they grabbed it, and it was an interception. Uh, so that kind of, you know, did whatever. But, you know, Jared Cook is not a guy that I would give up on just yet. You know, I know a lot of people are getting ready to drop him. But, you know, he was targeted seven, in to- seven times in this game. He was only targeted by Brees once, so six more times by Teddy. And, you know, all of his catches came, you know, came from Teddy. So, his two catches for two twenty-five yards came from Teddy, and uh, you know it'll be better. Odell Beckham is just an animal. He is just ridiculous. Anyway, um, so yeah, the Ram, on the Ram side of the ball, Cooper Cup is probably my favorite wide receiver. I just love Cooper Cup. You know what I mean? He is not the best wide receiver in the league, but he is just amazing. I love Cooper Cup. You know what I mean? He on that catch and run you know, whatever, 70 yards or whatever it was, that dude just, you, he fought for every single one of those yards, dude. He just did, was not going to go down and they took him down literally at the inch line. Um, you know, Todd Gurley in this game, I know a lot of people want to know about Todd Gurley. He had 16 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown in this game. The, the saints, you know, wanted to make sure that they took Todd away and they did that. They did a good job of it. Um, but Todd also had, um, three catches for four yards. You know, they made it a point to try to take him away and, and they did a good job of that. Uh, you know, 19 touches from Todd Gurley. I'll take that every single week. And, you know, I love it. So, you know, with the rest of the guys, Robert Woods, 
you know, Robert Woods looked good in this game. You know, he had a touchdown called back on a holding call, which would have made his day a whole lot better. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Brandon Cooks is just – I love Brandon Cooks too. I think he's just a really good, really good player. You know, three for 74 and a touchdown in this game on four targets. Um, you know, the touchdown pass, you know, Jared Goff was not very good in this game. But I'll tell you what, that touchdown pass was – a really, really good throw and catch by uh, Cook. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, yeah, Jared Cook put the right on the money, and, and, you know, Cook, you need really strong hands to be able to grab that and bring it in. Um, and that's about it for this game. You know, there's not too much to be said. The Rams' defense, uh, I think, because of Breeze going out, really had a good game in this, in this game. But, you know, I wouldn't say they were anything really super special. Just uh, – you know, a good defense going up against a quarterback that hadn't gotten many snaps with the ones. And that's that's it for me. There's not really anybody in this game that I'm picking up. You know, Traquan Smith, if you're super desperate, you know, is a guy. And then on the Rams side of the ball, you know, it's the usual suspects. There's not been anybody really in this game that I'm I'm picking up. Would you take a shot on Teddy? If you needed a QB? <sighs> no, just because, you know, I mean, Josh Allen is only like whatever 48 percent owned and there's there's a couple other quarterbacks that i would rather have than teddy um but you know i I, if you are desperate need like you're in a league that you know two qb league yeah i would definitely pick him up for sure all right so last game of the day the nightcap the eagles and falcons and this one ripped my heart out um so in this game, I think one of the things you saw is without these weapons, uh, you know, without Alshon, without Deshaun Jackson, you know, Carson Wentz is really restricted. You know, his backup receivers really didn't give him much help. You know, Matt Collins only had, you know, he went up catching five for 50. But to me, you know, I, I didn't see him flash off the page like that. J.J. Arcago, Whiteside, you know, he still got some growing to do, you can tell. Um, you know, Ertz and Aguilar were ultra targeted in this game. Ertz saw 16 targets. Aguilar saw 11 uh, because they just have the most familiarity with with Carson, obviously. Um, so, I would, I mean, looking at Aguilar, looking at, you know, Alshon's injury, you know, Aguilar might be a guy you want to add to add if you, you know, need some help at receiver because um, he was just targeted like crazy. I mean, you know, he dropped the – game winning most beautiful pass i've ever like one of the most beautiful passes you can throw right down the sideline right into his bread basket where he would have had five yards of separation and probably would have took it to the house but you know makes it up on the next play where he catches it between two defenders getting ready to get smacked i don't i don't understand it uh you know from the running game on the eagles i don't think you can start anyone uh to me they're not using jordan howard at all you know, I, this this was a game that was relatively close. I don't think they needed to abandon the run. And, you know, Howard only saw eight carries for 18 yards. Um, and to me, Howard is a guy you got to kind of run 17, 18 times to get him going. Um, and, and they're just not doing it that way. So uh, Miles Sanders, he's another one got a lot of growing to do, man. He's got to learn to hit that hole. He's bouncing everything to the outside, trying to make a home run on every play. And, you know, until he learns that to just, you know, move forward instead of side to side, you know, 
no one in this running game is, is very is going to be very effective. Um, obviously, Ertz and Wentz, you know, you're starting both of those guys every week. Um, and you got to pay attention to what happens with Deshaun next week. You know, Deshaun had a groin an injury, um, but supposedly he's he could be good for next week. From the Falcon side of the ball, you know, Matt Ryan was a gunslinger, you know, in this game. And gunslingers will, you know, make great plays and bad plays. And so in this game, there was a lot of that from Matt Ryan. You know, obviously he had, you know, he missed a couple deep throws to to receivers, but then hit the long one to Calvin Ridley where, you know, Ronald Darby was just getting burnt all night for some reason. I don't know what Ronald Darby was doing, but he was just getting burnt. You know, he literally got burnt on three straight post plays and it wasn't even double moves. It was just straight post plays. Um, Took too much you know, Adderall, just slowed the world down. Yeah. <laughs> the rushing game for Atlanta, you know, Devontae Freeman does not look good to me. He he looks slow. And, you know, if you're you're a Devontae Freeman owner, I you know, he's had a couple solid a couple really hard matchups. You know, Philly's a good run defense, Minnesota's a good run defense, but uh, you know, Aaron Jones seemed to do good last week against uh, or this week against Minnesota. So, you know, I, I would be worried if I was a Freeman owner. Uh, to me, I, Calvin Ridley really surprised me in this game. You know, he he showed a lot. You know, he he got ten targets, was eight for one hundred and five, and he was just all over the place. You know, Julio obviously had the big one, the the game winner, but you know, he he was kind of locked down. They kind of doubled him a lot in this game. Um, and his game was kind of salvaged by that long touchdown. He did have an, another touchdown earlier, but you know, without that 54-yard touchdown pass, you know, he's literally four for 52. You know, which is a very, very average game for Julio Jones. Um, you know, Ridley was kind of the main spotlight in the passing game. Uh, Hooper got six targets, four for 34. So, you know, it wasn't like, um. You know, he wasn't like he was non-existent out there, but, you know, he wasn't, you know, ultra-targeted as well. This was really just the Calvin Ridley and, and uh, the Calvin Ridley-Julio Jones show um, from the Falcons' side of the ball. Um, as far as waiver wires go, um, you know, if Hooper's still out there, I think he was he's 84% owned, so I, don't th- I doubt he's on your waiver wire, but he's definitely a guy I would add if he is. And like I said, Nelson Aguilar, if, you know, any of these receivers are going to be injured for, for the Eagles for a long stretch of time. I, mean, I think, you know, Jeffrey's looking at a two or three game absence. So Aguilar is probably a guy I would add if you needed receiver help. Uh, so as far as you pretty much touched on a lot of stuff is, I guess the only thing I should, um, Eagles defense, man. I mean, we were high, we were high going into the season and then, they're pretty much, you know, every every aspect of of the Eagles' defense is what we hoped for and 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 feared. They are as tough up front as anybody in the league is, uh, stopping the run, and they are bad in the secondary. Um, the only thing that for me that saved that game was that you know Schwartz just started setting the house late. You know, that when he knew that that the Eagles basically were decimated at receiver. Uh, he had to make plays happen, you know, on the defensive end and create turnovers. So he just, you know, he set the house, I would say 60, 75% of the time that second half, it was, it was ridiculous. And, um, you, you know, it, it worked, it, it so worked. Yeah, that's I how mean, they got a, back into it. Like, aside, it aside from the Julio Jones play late in the game, um, it worked. And I mean, it was a block in the back on that play. Was that? There was a block in the back on that play too. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, it did. It got them back in the game and, you know, created some turnovers. And, you know, I mean, they, the Eagles were in a position to win that game. If that ball doesn't bounce off of Aguilar's hands, uh, you know, you never know what Atlanta does with that, you know, that last one minute drive. They might, they might kick a field goal. They might not. And game's over, you know, taking overtime. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this, and you know, Aguilar's, Aguilar's a, is a definite pickup if, uh, if Alshon's out for an extended period of time, uh, you know, they're going to definitely key in on Jackson being back. And, um, you know, Aguilar, he'll be, he'll be, uh, he'll be relative. Yep. 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 All right. So that is it for today's podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out the website, www.4thandinchesff.com. That's www.4thandinchesff.com. For a bunch of content, articles, blogs, player profiles. Uh, cornerback, wide receiver matchups. Cornerback, wide receiver matchups, waiver wire columns. We got it all on there. Uh you know, and of course, you know, you can subscribe to our VIP access, get a little daily, uh, daily fantasy info, and you can get the uh, cheat codes. And until next time, peace out, guys. Real quick, real quick, before we sign off, we smashed this week on DFS, just so everybody knows. We did very well. Yes, yes, yes. Me and Steve both placed in a lot of 50-50s. Uh, you know, Steve, Steve killed them. You know, basically doubled his his money this week, and uh, you know I made a few dollars as well. So, you know, yeah, me me and Steve did a very did very well on DFS this week. Yes, sir. So check out that DFS pod, and peace out, y'all. All right, till next time, guys.